really we have much to be thankful for. And I appreciate that we have Thanksgiving Day. And uh, Mike has put into practice that it's not just Thanksgiving Day we're to be thankful, but all the year long. And so having two Sundays on thanks, that's all right. No problem. You have your Bibles. Let's turn together to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. And we'll be picking up at verse 16. Downstairs in the lesson, I was beginning to think maybe Stan was going to preach my message again. We got right into this chapter, but he stopped just short of where I'm going to pick up. So maybe he and I ought to share notes. I'm not sure. Galatians chapter 2, picking up at verse 16 to the end of the chapter. And our message today is entitled, Our Daily Walk of Faith. Beginning now, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law... But by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I have have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, but if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. May the Lord add his blessing this portion of scripture. Let us pray. Our kind, gracious Heavenly Father, again, it's a delight and a privilege to be met together in a house of prayer with our brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors. We've come, Lord, to give praise and and worship and honor to your holy name. So good that we can gather and worship in freedom, not as some in our world that have to worship in secret and hiding. And there's another thing we can be thankful for, that we have freedom of worship here in America. I ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would guide and direct every thought, every word, and that you would challenge all of our hearts. As we walk by faith, Lord, help us to give ourselves to the work of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful to us, and may we also be faithful to you. We thank you for each one who's here today, especially those that have come through surgeries, and we've heard uh, shared different ones in their praises and thanks. Lord, you're with us no matter what we go through. Yes, the mountaintop experience, but also when we're in the valley, you don't leave us, nor do you ever forsake us. And so I pray your blessing on this dear people today. And be with those that are not here that would like to be here. Touch their bodies. Give them health and strength. And Lord, help us each one that we might live lives to bring honor and glory to your name every day. And be thankful and praising you. In Jesus' worthy name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. I know how many of you recall some weeks, maybe it's several months now, And I had on the church sign out here, doubt looks down, but faith looks up. 
I think I told you that time that uh, my wife kiddingly said to me, you forgot the E on faith. So I went out and put it on. <laughs> Stan Miller came for our meeting that day, and on the way out, he calls back. He said, what in the world are you trying to do? Get that E off of there. <laughs> so I said, Stan, I just gave it for a laugh, and I suppose the people around wouldn't understand. So I quickly went out and took it down. But we had a little fun in the office over that. But faith looks down, or doubt looks down, faith looks up. I think that's a, a good thing to think about. My goal today is to share as we walk by faith that we do it as yielded servants to Christ. You know, we're nothing except for what Jesus Christ has done. His in, a dwelling presence within us. He's, he's abiding within us. I've heard Christians sometimes say they hear the word faith so many times that it almost is minimized. I pray that wouldn't happen to us. But as, as yielded servants to God, as we walk this veil here below, that we would realize that we aren't self-sufficient. We need Jesus Christ every day. I wouldn't want to live a day without him, would you? No. Should be the first thing on our minds in the morning, thanking and praising God for a good, safe night's rest. And then as we pillow our head at night to know that we're in his care and we can rest there. I think, trust that we have learned the lesson that in ourselves alone, in, in our flesh, if you were, there's not an ounce of spiritual life if without Christ living within us. He is our source of spirituality, and it comes from the Son of God. So apart from him, we're nothing more than spiritual paupers. We're bankrupt. So one of the great statements and the proposition for each of us is this, trust in the Christ within you. And if he's not there, you shouldn't go a day without seeking God, that Jesus Christ indeed would be within it's our wisdom, it's our light, it's our life. It's wonderful that he assures us when God's presence is indwelling and he has taken charge because the Holy Spirit wants to teach us, he wants to guide us, he wants to lead us, he wants to check us. Sometimes a thought or a word may be on the tip of our tongue and we suddenly realize, no, that's not what I should say. I believe that's the Holy Spirit doing his work in our lives. Yes, he will reveal Christ. He'll fit us for service. He'll speak through us. He'll, he'll work the works of God as we go throughout life. You know, we should be Christ's hands extended to touch lives around us. Thank God for those many times we do that. Orrin shared in class this morning, he had an opportunity this week to share with someone who'd come to their house of all things for persimmons. Ugh, I'm glad they like them. Well, I grew up, we had three persimmon trees, and they were terrible. He says, you didn't pick them at the right time. Well, I thought Grandpa said when you're supposed to eat them in my mouth. But if you ever ate one, you'll know what I'm talking about. But anyhow, that's beside the deal. Oh, Ken, he's rubbing his belly like he likes them. Well, you go up to Orrin, he might have some for you. Okay. The whole point, though, 
is that he was there sharing that these trees were grafted and how we're grafted into the body of Christ and was able to share a testimony with these folks. And that's what it's all about, allowing the Holy Spirit to use us each and every day. And he'll do this all the times as we grow in Christ. I think it does us good sometimes to think back to how it was before Christ was in us. Do you ever do that? How that old life was back there? You schemed, you fretted, you planned, trying to figure out how you can get ahead of somebody else. We trusted our own strength, our own judgment, our own wisdom. But now the new life, we look to Christ. We ask for his wisdom. And we say, Lord, here's a new day. I'm counting on you to guide me throughout the day. Do you pray like that? I do. I do. And also to pray, Lord, bring someone across my path that I can be Christ-like to them. I think that's in order. Yes, now we praise the Lord. I, I am to trust his will and his alone. Amen? A little weak, but I think you agree with me. Because, friends, he is now or should be completely in charge of your life. He's the teacher. We're the student. He's the worker. We're only the instrument in his hand. I like what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, you are my father. We are the clay, and you are the potter, and all we are the work of your hand. Does the clay ever tell the potter, wait, 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 you're doing it wrong? I want to be this kind of vessel? No. We allow the potter to mold us into the person he would have us to be. Beloved, the Spirit is now to have total possession and control of us in a sense and measure that's so different than before we yielded our own ownership to him. Oh, how we can learn great lessons in the school of faith. Such as the lesson of no longer having self-trust, but a constant looking to Jesus as we put our trust in him alone. That's a safe place to be. We are to be Christ-dependent in all things. Not only am I justified by faith, but I realize that the just shall live by faith. That was the, the central truth that awoke Martin Luther's mind and heart in living for Christ. Jesus says, I am the life. I am the life. And so we look to him and we continually draw from him. We're ever to live by faith. The change is like this. The justified man says, I trusted and I received you as life. The surrendered man says, I am trusting and continually drawing upon your life. And we declare then, Lord, I am living by the faith in you. Yes, we're not in heaven yet. We're still human, and we're going to blunder. We're going to fail. Oh, maybe you're, you're perfect, and you don't fail anymore. Well, God bless you. 
This is a pastor that falls and slips at times and I have to come before the Lord and, and plead for forgiveness in my case. And guess what? I have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous, who goes before the Father on my behalf. And all praise God for that forgiveness. No matter what it may be, it's under the blood. And so we're human until the day we cross over into glory. If we take line upon line, precept upon precept, along with the failures at times in our part. But aren't you glad that we have that patient guide? The Holy Spirit is with us, teaching us not to, to lean on the flesh, but to put our trust in Jesus alone. Yes, He never wearies of teaching us, and by his grace we learn and we come to the place where Paul came when he said, I am living by faith, there in verse 10, or 20, pardon me. And that's our our text this morning, living by faith. So first of all, we need to accept God's will, accept God's will. That will is now to be the standard for us. It, it, It should be the direction in our living You and I no longer ask ourselves what we want to do, but we say, Lord, thy will be done. What do you have for me? God's word is his revelation to us. Oh, spend time in God's word. I can't emphasize that enough. We're living in a busy day. We always have something needs done. And it's so easy to start our day and think of all you want to get done. Grab a bite to eat and out the door you go. Uh Uh-oh. I didn't spend time in God's word. You need that foundation. So his word is a revelation. It's to have a new place within us. Accept that word. Even at times when it may clash with our own thinking or desires. It means that we accept God's will. In spite of what others are doing or saying, even if we have to stand alone. When we read, love your enemies, pray for them that despitefully use you, it means just that. Did he say it's going to be easy? No. It doesn't matter what others in the world may say about it being impossible or absurd. We still will live by it. When the Bible says, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you, there in 1 Peter 5, 7, we're to accept that as his his concerning care helps us then to put that in practice. There may be some here today that are facing some very tough things beyond what may have been your plans or your dreams something out of your control. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're, you're weary of trying. You may have someone even to say, oh, it's not worth it. Just give in and do your own thing. But remember, God is looking for those who cling to his promises when things look hopeless. I appreciate Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all my needs. In Christ Jesus. We can embrace that as we trust and obey him. He's going to care for you. He is going to care for you. 
So as we study God's word, truth comes our way that our daily life may not always agree with it. What are we to do? Well, we're not for one moment to question God's word and the truth that we find there, but at once to bring it into daily life and live in harmony with it. That's, a, my friend, a heart-searching process for all of us as we surrender our will to Christ, and I think that's something we need to do daily. Didn't Paul say, I die daily? I think that's a process there. Spiritual growth is nothing else can be. We will be amazed, my friends, at what God is going to do, how he's going to work in your heart. Secondly, we patiently submit to God's will. We're to do just that. To be patient literally means to stay under. Like that rough diamond that that's on the polisher's tool. We're to stay under God's hand, whatever may come. Instead of the glorious, high spiritual experience that we all enjoy and and wish for, we may look for some things different at times. It could be suffering. It could be testing. Hard times may come our way. Uncertainty as to the future or mysterious providences can come. But in them, all that we desire is to simply be under his hand, patiently trusting his wisdom and care. And we say it again, thy will be done. Thy will be done, both for good and sometimes things that we don't feel are so good. May we learn, as Paul, that in whatever state I am, there to be content. Now, that doesn't mean Florida or Georgia or Pennsylvania. It may apply in a bit. But whatever circumstance comes our way, we can say, yes, Lord, I'm content because I want to be in the center of your will. Many are, are willing for God's hand in service, but not for the purification process that it takes. They're praying for the field, but not for the furnace. And so, my friends, I submit to you today that part of our, our, our surrender and, and submission to God is, is his choice to what kind of experience he wants us to have, whatever he wants to have come into our living, our lives. He may take our world and turn it all upside down. Do you ever have days like that? I have. He may shake us up and knock us out of our comfort zone. Are we happy out here? Oh, Lord, I went back in my little box. Or can we say, Lord, I don't understand why I'm over here, but I know you're with me. Your hand is upon me. You're guiding. You're helping me. Let him do as he fits, sees fit, and trust him for what is best for us. May we need to remember he allowed Jesus to come into this world and go through terrific testing at the hand of his adversary, even at the very beginning of his ministry. I'm not talking about the cross. You know the story there. He went out into the wilderness, was tempted. Scripture says, the servant is not greater than his Lord. 
doesn't God know what is best for every one of us? And he allowed Jesus to go those, through those things so his plan could be carried out. So then every event that comes our way after we're totally surrendered, no matter how hard it may be, may we patiently submit to what God deems best. Yes, for our purification, our strengthening, and our growth. I want to be all that Jesus wants me to be. I trust that's your desire as well, but let me tell you, getting to that place is not always easy. But we're submitted because God knows what is best. God can use any kind of tool to chisel away at us. Ouch! That's reality. Sometimes it hurts, but he knows what he's doing. We can trust him. We, we don't push away from the instrument lest we can mar the work that he's trying to do. Anything else would be unreasonable. So we can't one day be surrendered to the Lord and his will and plan and the next say, oh Lord, forget that. I, I decide I'm going to go my own way today. I want to do it my way. Somebody told me recently, they, and I might have mentioned this, forgive me if I did, but they said that they, they and God were having an argument. I said, remember this, God always wins. <laughs> it doesn't pay to argue with him. Let's do God's will. Do you remember the old time preachers preaching about the unknown bundle? I don't hear that term much these days, but in other words, when we came to the altar and dedicated our life to the Lord, we were saying, Lord, whatever you bring my way, I'm surrendered and willing for your will to be done. Thirdly, let's do God's will. When we're hired for a particular job and begin to work for our employer, don't you want it to be faithful and do your very best? Certainly you do. Isn't that what it means then to be totally surrendered to God? I want to be my best in living for him. It's that voluntary act of, of offering ourselves to do his will instead of what we want. Nothing else would be fair to man and less to God. So the Holy Spirit, you know, he never will force himself upon anyone. He never will do that. He's a gentle person. So he leads us gently to the place where we're going to submit to his will, to accept, to do it. That should be our aim, our desire. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Is that your desire today? If so, say amen. Amen. Yes. This too is our food as we grow strong. But without it, we'll grow weak. So where are you today in your, your journey of faith? I believe each one of us want to trust him greater. That we can do something better, something bigger. Maybe even beyond what we can Dream or imagine. Nelson, I never dreamed that someday we'd put a roof on in Africa. But it came about. What would God have you do? I'd love to take a team to Haiti sometime. If you'd like to do that, come talk to me. 
And I told you, was it last Sunday, that the well is working fine, the rig is there, and we gave that offering, and look what it did. It's a blessing to those dear people. Yes, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Is that our food, to do his will, to help to see his work come about? As we surrender to his will, we become a beacon of light and hope to a world that desperately needs to see Jesus. I ran across an article by John Piper entitled, Practical Steps to Walk by Faith. And he lists five practical steps. No matter what trial or challenge or heartache you're facing, I think these are some good things for us. And he he has some practical helps for Bible study. And I want to share a small portion of it with you. First of all, admit that you can do nothing without God. Scripture goes along with that is John 15, 5. Admit that you need God's help to focus and be engaged. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. And then pray for help. Oh, I do a lot of that. I'm sure you do too. Psalm 50, 15. Pray for help to not only understand God's work, but to be obedient to it. James 1.22. And then trust a specific promise. 2 Chronicles 20.20. In this case, Paul's words to Timothy, I think, are helpful for us all. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Wow, what beautiful words. 1 Timothy 2, verse 7. And then act. Act by praying, reading, thinking, and meditating on truth. Friends, in the fast-paced life in which we live, we must stop and have that quiet time to meditate on God's word. There's Philippians 2, 12 and 13. And then, yes, Mike, this goes right along with this day. Thank God for his provisions and his goodness. Psalm 106, verse 1. Do you ever thank God for the Bible? Do you ever thank God for meeting your need as you read the word? I think we need to thank God no matter what we have today, whether we're rich or not. The Hebrew writer said of Jesus in Hebrews 10, verse 9, Here here I am, I have come to do your will. Oh, I pray that's our statement, our, our desire. I close with this. Friends, as yielded sons and daughters, we're to keep this ever before us as the supreme purpose of our earthly life, even as it will become our eternal life, in the ages beyond. First John 2, 17 says, The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Team's coming now to close in a song, Old to be like thee. And I pray that as we sing that, it would be a prayer from our hearts. God bless you.